Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. With social entrepreneurship on the rise and a growing number of purpose-driven people proving that businesses can return healthy profits and deliver considerable positive social and environmental impact, it's hard to think of a good reason to operate a business purely for financial reasons. But just like any business, running a social enterprise is not easy, and getting one off the ground requires grit, persistence, great design, and good strategy. The ability to iterate, adapt, and constantly respond to strengths and weaknesses are key components of successful entrepreneurs. So in this episode, we arm you with deep insights about the common traits of successful social entrepreneurs and have compiled insights from 12 of the global leaders from the field that we interviewed this year. When speaking with CEO of Social Enterprise UK, Peter Holbrook, early this year, I asked him what he believed to be the fundamental ingredients of budding social entrepreneur needs to get out there and launch something that makes an impact. Here's how he responded. So all of my knowledge and experience is, you know, like enthusiasm, passion, mm. um, and, uh, a handle on the finances. These are all critical things. But yep. fundamentally, the two things that you've got to get right is price and quality because mm. people will not buy your products however socially inspiring they might be yep. if your quality is rubbish or you're just way too expensive yeah so you need to have a competitive offer and social enterprises that fail fall into the trap of thinking that whilst they're smashing it in terms of social innovation and having great stories about transforming lives they don't have a, a compelling price and quality proposition mm. so get the price and the quality right and then the value add the competitive advantage comes in the social narrative that can be built around those uh, products and services so whilst having a compelling price and quality proposition was strongly pointed to when i asked david brooks managing director of social traders the same question david also pointed to having a clear focus and expanded on key areas that can't be ignored well um, I think there are some fundamental ingredients. Um, in a way, you know, a social entrepreneur is not too dissimilar to other small business leaders or entrepreneurs. Mm. You know, as I, as I mentioned earlier, social enterprises fundamentally, you know, our businesses are purpose-led businesses. And so a few of the sort of key ingredients that social enterprises and social entrepreneurs need is clarity and conviction around your around your mission. Mm. Um, often we find that social entrepreneurs and enterprises tend to go a little bit broad and and try to solve uh, or are look are looking to sort sort of solve all the problems of the world. So clarity around mission is really important. I think having good business processes, good you know business planning, doing the market sort of testing and research is important putting a lot of focus on you know on the business and financial fundamentals is really important from from my perspective uh, you know setting up 
the business with the right sort of legal structure, you know, governance and and resourcing, you know, making sure that you surround yourself with, you know, like-minded and capable people and putting the right people in key roles. So, you know, there's, there are a few things uh, I think that are, that are key for us and what we've seen and experienced, um, you know, working with social enterprises, particularly with a lot of startup and early stage social enterprises over the last eight or nine years. Um, you know, getting the financials uh, setting is, 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 is really critical to minimise the risk of, uh, I suppose, business failure. If your enterprise falls over, um, in 18 months or two years or three years, then you're no longer having that positive social impact that you, you know, set the enterprise up to um, generate um, in the first um, in the first instance. With David Brooks pointing to clarity around mission in order not to spread oneself too thin, Tatiana Glad of Impact Hub Amsterdam reiterated the importance of having a clear sense of purpose when I asked her what advice she would give to someone who's thinking of starting their own social impact initiative. Here's what she said. The first thing is is to have a purpose, mm. like really to have a sense of, you know, what you're trying to change in the world yeah. and what your theory of change is behind that. So we could have five people working all on making food healthier but we might have five different approaches to that and I think they're all valid until the food system has actually shifted right there's still a lot of work to be done so I think having a clear purpose and a clear theory of change that you can articulate to people so for example ours is impacting societal issues through entrepreneurial action that is very clear we think that that's how we contribute to society so I, I would say you know really develop that theory of change and I think having a good, strong entrepreneurial team, mm. at least from our perspective here at Impact Hub, you know, we believe it has to be collaborative action. Yeah. And we believe in the power of community and we don't think anybody does it solely alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so making sure you have a good entrepreneurial team and or an environment that really supports you because yeah. when the going gets tough, you got to lean on somebody. But also to start something, you need the complementary skills. Mm. No one has all the skill set. Yeah. In many ways, Isaac Jeffries tied in Tatiana's emphasis on purpose with the business and financial fundamentals David spoke of when we asked him what he believed were the most important traits of a social entrepreneur. I suppose the two themes that keep coming up for me are the combination of passion and discipline. Mm. So by passion, I mean you've got to have someone who's really driven about three things. They've got to be driven about the cause. I've never changed anyone's mind about a cause. I've never said, you know, I know that you really want to save the whales, but you should really care about, you know, immigration policy. That's never happened. But you need to bring that with you. That's something that you need to know a lot about. And it's got to be something that you like to, you know, argue about at dinner parties and that keeps you up at night and that Mm. sort of that sort of thing. The second thing they need to be passionate about is a customer rather than a beneficiary. So it's got to be something where if you're relying on, you know, we need to add a thousand customers, you need to genuinely care about that person and what you're going to do and how you're going to solve a problem for them. Mm. If you see a customer as a cash cow, it's going to be really hard to build things that they desire. And it's, it's really easy to be quite adversarial with them. And the third thing that an entrepreneur needs is to be passionate about their team. Starting any sort of business like this is really tough, and so you need to care about the people you work with. On the discipline side, the the two things that stand out is a a social entrepreneur needs to be really good at saying no to good things in order to say yes to the best things. And that's really the the essence of of strategy for me is it's the ability to make good trade-offs. 
The other thing I see needs a lot of discipline is is monitoring the numbers. Um, I really enjoyed something that um, Wouter Kirsten said on an earlier episode of this podcast uh, where he said, cash flow is more important than your mother. Yeah. I thought that's a, that's a really, really good way of putting it. And if, if an entrepreneur comes to us and they start with that approach, it's really easy for us to help them take that even further. But if you have an entrepreneur who doesn't particularly care about the financials, what it means is they're probably going to struggle when things um, get, get difficult. So with purpose, clarity of mission, strong strategy, and an understanding of financials all noted, Lauren Shuttleworth of Words With Heart shared great advice, particularly relevant for the procrastinators amongst us. I asked Lauren what advice she would give to other social entrepreneurs who are starting their own journey. Here's what she said. I would say just start is the, is the big one. Um, whenever I'm asked this question, I always just to say, I think the biggest learning is the learning that you pick up along the way. Mm. Uh, you're not going to be able to get everything all in a row, all perfect prior to launch, so don't even try. And what, what happened for us was when we initially launched, we had the idea of being a retail stationery company and kind of having a bit of a KKK type focus um, with a social impact and environmental impact. Yep. But then quickly realized as we grew that there was a lot more interest coming from businesses. And at that stage, we were only producing you know, notebooks and certain range of stationery, but everyone was asking, oh, can you do business cards for us? Can you do this? And I didn't really know how that was going to happen. So we completely rejigged the business model and it, um, it that completely revolutionized you know, who we are and our impact now. Mm. So I would never have been able to have pre-planned that at the start. Yeah. I think the biggest thing to starting a social enterprise is to have an idea just to begin and pivot as you go. When talking to Annika Horn, a social enterprise advisor and serial entrepreneur based in Virginia, Annika also placed high importance on getting out there with emphasis on designing with and not for your target audience. I think the best way, and I tell this every entrepreneur that I work with, is go talk to your customers. Mm. Um, I've met a lot of social entrepreneurs who are more heropreneurs, yep. who know they want to be a social entrepreneur and they're going to figure out what issue in the world they want to solve along the way. Yep. And I don't think that's a healthy approach to really making a an impact. Mm. So figuring out whether that problem that you're seeing is a problem that only applies to you or to a bigger target audience is going to be the first step. Mm. And then really trying to understand the problem in depth. And by that, I mean, how does it affect the beneficiaries or the target audience in their daily life? How does it make them feel? What are their pain points? What are they hoping to gain from a solution that you're creating for them? So in short, I think it's crucial for any social entrepreneur to create a solution with the target audience Mm. and not for them. Dean Foley of Indigenous Accelerator Barriamal reiterated the importance of doing whilst pointing budding entrepreneurs towards the necessity of good collaboration. Here's what Dean had to say. Yeah, definitely try and uh, find people that you can collaborate with and work together. And um, I think that's more powerful than trying to do everything uh, yourself, even though that won't work um, all the time because, you know, um, like I said, people talk about collaboration, but not many people really actually do it. Mm. So, yeah, just to find other like-minded people that you can work with and, and create that, that positive impact. 
but you need to and that people um, or the community needs but there's nobody doing it so just go out there and do it and find like-minded people to work with. Anne Lennon of Social Change Central introduced us all to what they have defined as the three C's yet again with the advice of not sitting down for too long. When asked what Anne believes are the fundamental ingredients of budding social entrepreneur needs to get out there and launch something which makes a difference, here's how she responded. So at Social Change Central we talk about the three C's being capital, counsel and courage. So first you need the capital, um, even if it is just time, in order to test out your your business idea or your mm. business model. And you know that doesn't have to cost a lot of money, like when Jay and I were starting out um, we did a lot of market research using, um, you know, polls, using social media, yep. and have to spend a lot of money before embarking on creating an MVP. Yep. Um, secondly, counsel. I think it's important to remember that you're not expected to have all the answers. You need to not be afraid of seeking advice to fill in your knowledge or skills gaps. You know, there's definitely no shame or failure in admitting that you're wrong about something. And I think social entrepreneurs need to be really open and flexible, um, particularly in the early stages. And it's important to remember that at the end of the day, you know, it's a journey and it's ultimately about creating lasting social impact. Yeah, yeah. And thirdly is courage. Third C is courage. And for me, that's it's a really big one. You know, given my background in law, I found it hard to, you know, take the leap into this sector. Um, you know, lawyers are trained to be very, very risk averse. Yeah. And of you know a lean startup or an MVP is just so alien to the law. Mm. I think if you ponder over something for long enough, anything be- can become a bad idea. You know you can talk yourself out of anything. At some stage, you just really have to take that leap. Yeah. There's a poem that I love by Linda Ellis called "The Dash," which talks about how on your death notice there will be two dates: uh, the date you were born and the date you died, and these will be separated by a small dash, a simple dash, a tiny punctuation mark which will represent your entire life. <laughs> so the poem forces you to, you know, the poem really forces people, force me anyway, to think about the question of how I'll spend my dash. So I think the message for me is not to sit too long on, I, on an idea and to take the leap. When our contributing editor, Rachel Stevens, spoke to Katie Johnston of EcoBling, Katie shared advice when it comes to successfully getting finance as a social entrepreneur. Here's what she said. Yeah, well, to be honest, I only had... Um the first thing I ever did, which was that uh, investor event that I went to, I went there with really, really vague kind of pitch. They were asking me financial questions. I had no idea what they were talking about. Later on, I had to Google a lot of the words that they said. <laughs> so I think when approaching investors, you need to have a very clear, concise, specific pitch and therefore need to have a very clear, concise, specific idea. Because investors don't like to fill in the gaps. They want to know everything and they want to know it very quickly. (laughs) So, yeah, when it comes to funding, they want to know that you've piloted the project, that there's going to be a demand for your project or your product, and they want to be able to fit into your business straight away. So you've got to be able to show them that your product is successful, even if you've only done a few market stands and people are buying your product and really excited about it, customer feedback, they want to know what other people think. They don't want to guess, they want to know. And obviously it's a risk for them to give you money because you're essentially, in the broader scheme of things, quite unknown. So they want to see that you 
have got over yourself, have you got away from your self-doubt, that you've got a, a good grip on what you're doing. And if they can see that confidence and clarity and see that by giving you money, it's going to be starting quickly and it's going to be going quickly to um, move towards making a profit and they're getting a return on their investment, then I think you're onto a winner. As founder of Ashoka Netherlands and Faze Benelux, Jamie Goey shared the typical challenges that she sees social entrepreneurs coming up against and provided advice to social entrepreneurs when she spoke to Rachel Stevens, highlighting the importance and priority of having a strong team. Well, of course, one thing is finding the money. I think that is a challenge for social entrepreneurs in general. But what we also see more and more is finding the right team members. I think for any investor, it's quite key to see which team is behind the social enterprise or in the social enterprise. And what I really, really see, and I see that across all sectors within the social enterprise ecosystem is a lack of really good financial specialists. So obviously we have a lot of people who have a great uh, financial background and wanting to move into the social impact space, mm-hmm. but it is still very different from having the experience in the social impact space because it's sort of a specific kind of type of financing and uh, where you also have to sort of put impact measurement and impact metrics sort of at the center as well. So we see it's a really, it's a specific field uh, of financing, which is now, it's, it's just rare in, the, um, in finding the right people. It's just a, a yeah. rare profile. Sandy Blackburn-Wright of Social Outcomes also reiterated the importance of having a strong team. She also spoke about business modeling and what she believes is the best way to get funding as a social enterprise. So firstly, when I first started working in social enterprise, it was when no one knew what it was. So I was still at Westpac. The Westpac Foundation has funded social enterprise development for decades now. And we had to explain as the you know opening line of every conversation what on earth a social enterprise mm. was. Now, I think some people think that social enterprise is a new word for a charity. And so often I look at it and go, where's your business model? And they go, what do you mean? Yeah. So it's for me, it's all about the business model. Mm. So if your social, the social value you want to create has no underlying business model that can pay for itself, it's not an enterprise. Yep. And so it will never work. Yep. And I think as those of us who've been supporting the development of this sector for a long time would agree, we spend a lot of time just getting to that point. Mm. And people come and they want help and support and mentoring and coaching and da da, yep. which you you know you happily do, but there isn't a business model. And you can give that feedback and people struggle with it. Yeah. Um, and it's not that the social idea of what you want to do is wrong. It's just this is not the vehicle for it. Mm. So rethink the business model. So getting the business model right, yeah. I think, is the key. Yeah. And once you've got that business model, start selling. Mm. Because people often say, well, I've got to get grant funding or I've got to get investment or I've got to get all these things. The best way to get investment in your business is to sell stuff. And the ideally best way to do it is get a contract before you even start, mm, yeah. um, which is what the likes of Luke has done at Vanguard Laundries. And it's been tough, mm. but their, their sort of skyrocketing success with yeah. Vanguard Laundries is because they did the hard yards around getting a, a reasonable size contract first. Absolutely. So if you can do it that way, that's the best way. And if not, just start selling. Because mm. really we're a, you know, we're a social enterprise yeah. in terms of social outcomes. Just start selling. Get people to pay you for what it is that you're doing. Yep. So whether you're selling coffee, which is my least favorite social enterprise, by the way, 
or whether you're doing you know anything yeah. customers are your investors mm. and so we get too caught up about finding funding and investors and so yeah. on but if we focused more on actually growing the business and and just selling things to customers yeah. i think we would need less funding mm. actually definitely but if we do need it, and it's not just about selling a service that's fairly low entry, and if you do need a capital injection, yeah. then I think it's important to be to have the business model in place, to have thought it through well, but also to be able to communicate it. Mm, definitely. So for a lot of people, they might have something that's great, but they can't talk to people about it. Sometimes the business case is an idea, but they haven't done any financial projections mm. around it. They don't really understand the market well enough. Yeah. And particularly, they don't understand their competitors. Yeah. I don't like social enterprises that might create themselves to fill a tiny wee niche and then you're just saying, why are you bothering? It's a lot of effort for a tiny, tiny niche. But something that's going to make enough of a contribution to make it worth the effort, then you've got to be thinking about how you're communicating the viability of that business Mm. as well as the impact in a really succinct, compelling way to potential investors. But every investor will tell you the thing that they look at more than anything else is the person. And how capable is that management team? So it's preferable not to have a single entrepreneur. It's preferable to have a team of people. But that's what they'll look at more than anything. Mm. So yes, they'll look at the financials and the business model and market analysis. But if they don't like you and and the team, they'll walk away even if Mm. it's a good idea because they don't feel they can work with you. Absolutely. So being really honest, open, um, working hard, being articulate about what it is you're doing, communicating, all of those things... And building those relationships is incredibly important. Mm. To finish off, Alex Hannon of the Akina Foundation reminded us of the importance of understanding the root cause of the problem we're solving, designing with communities, not for them, and the type of leadership required to make impact. So I'd actually put this on four levels and it kind of, this is also, this kind of thinking has led into you know, then how do you build learning programs to mm. <laughs> to yeah. build these capacities? <laughs> but I mean, I, I think ultimately anyone who wants to try and change anything which is social and environmental has to have some kind of systems literacy. Mm. They have to understand the problems that they're working with in a very, very deep way. Yeah. So Pamela Hartingen, who was the the director at the uh, Skoll, Skoll Centre at Said Business School, yeah. she had a phrase of apprenticeship to the problem. You know, so like people that have a really deep understanding of the systems, the communities, the issues that they're dealing with. And I think that's absolutely essential. Mm. Um, coming in and suddenly trying to solve other people's for problems for, for other people is just fraught with any number of, of, of risks yeah. around legitimacy or, you know, you're more likely to create you know, far more damage than you're going to do, Mm. uh, you know, sort of anything good. So first thing is understanding the problem and having that systems literacy. The the second thing is then, you know, having two people actually have the skills to design and, you know, solutions. Do they have that innovation capability? Mm. Uh, Do they have the ability to test, refine, iterate, you know, and, and so design thinking is great competency, you know, sort of innovation, understanding how to use data and evidence yeah. uh, and all that kind of stuff, you know, so it's a good innovation. And I think then that sort of bleeds into the social skills, which are absolutely critical in building teams and organizations, mm. but also being able to relate to the communities and customers that you work with. Yeah. So you, if, you, if you don't have that, you can have all the technical skills, but you may not be able to sort of interpret or trans 
late some of the data points you get. Yeah. I think also in the technical skills, you're talking about good, strong commercial skills, um, or at least knowing what you don't have and being able to uh, build a team with people that do have those capabilities. Mm. But last of all, sort of the top level is is the kind of humility and self-awareness piece. So sort of personal leadership, you know, really being understand the limits of your own capability, understanding your motivations for why you might be doing something, mm. um, being appreciate when you're wrong, being able to, you know, change, um, being able to absorb criticism, natural attrition of just doing things which are really difficult for long periods of times. So really those personal uh, personal leadership qualities. So to, to recap, um, systems literacy and understanding the problems you're working with, two technical skills which span innovation and, and you know, sort of broad base of commercial skills. Yeah. Three, having that kind of those social skills which, you know, build um, trust, um, enable people to relate, enable people to communicate. And then fourth, that kind of personal leadership and resilience and that sort of really good sense of sort of emotional intelligence, self-awareness, you know, which ensures that, you know, sort of you don't get too buffeted around on the, on the journey that you're inevitably going to go through. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.